movies. And welcome back to Mixed Media Live. I may have played that intro uh, twice or something like that. I, I gave away the secret here. Um, but today I'm excited to talk about a short film that comes from Reddit. You know, occasionally I just go scrolling through Reddit on r slash short films mostly to try to see if there's some interesting film or something to analyze, critique, uh, talk to the artists. Unfortunately today, uh, I could not get in touch with the artists. I tried my very darndest. I tried for two or three weeks to try to get these uh, people to respond to me and no response. So if you see this video, you like the analysis and you like anything about the film I'm about to share, please, please, please go bug them in their comment section of the video or something like that. What's amazing about this is when I found the video uh, on r slash short film, short films, I checked it out and it had a hundred uh, views, more or less, about a hundred views. Uh, when I went back to grab the link for this episode, I found out that it had 2,200 views. And this is a channel that has about 300 subscribers. So clearly they did something interesting enough to capture people's attention and stuff like that. Um, and so I'm super excited to go over it and congratulations to y'all for that uh, maybe we could get you on for a uh, podcast later um, but if you're unfamiliar with the segment basically what we do is uh, we take you know some independent artists work and we go ahead and critique it um, you know go over the good and the bad I like to pick things out that are just plain interesting you know mostly uh, I like to pick things out that that really have a very good core, you know, um, I don't know, core skill that's just being done really well and uh, just explore the topic there or something that's just really cinematically interesting. And this is definitely one of those, and uh, you'll see in a moment. But a few uh, notes on the background. Uh, so the film's called No Tomorrow Part One. So I assume there are future parts being planned. Okay. In the comments, they meant one of the the creators mentions that part two is coming like next week. Oh wow, that's really fast. <laughs> so this might be more of a web series. I'm not sure. Um, it's very complete of an episode. I'll say that. So if if it is an episode, it's a very complete work um, in of itself, and so you can enjoy it that way. Um, it's also very different, which I'll 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 go I'll go through in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I agree. With, I agree with that. My my non uh, film, you know, specialist vocabulary can at least extend to that. I'll post the uh, link to the film in the uh, chat here, so if anyone strolls in, they can find the link to the short film. I'll also be playing tiny, tiny bits here and there uh, to avoid uh, problems with YouTube or something like that. Uh, oh, and I. Not stealing it. This is fair use. We're doing some commentary here, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, so that we can talk about some of the specific details. But I'm not going to be playing much. So if you really want to watch the entire thing and not get spoiled and all that kind of stuff, because for me to go through it, you know, in high enough detail, I've got to talk about very specific stuff. Although I'm not going to ultimately spoil anything. I don't think. But you can check out that link right there to watch the entire short film in its entirety and uh, tell them that we sent you, that we gave you that, gave them that view. <laughs> so anyway, this film was made in 2022, directed by Kari Thompson. Um, 
Apparently, he goes by the nickname of Karki, which I think is funny. Um, <laughs> and uh, the produced by Rick Hodges. And there are two indie production companies uh, linked to it. I didn't bother to really look into who, you know, more of the details there about, you know, how big those production companies are or anything like that. Although I did notice one of them is an actual LLC. So congratulations, you win the game. <laughs> you understand how to orient your your work. That's good. Anyway, so diving into it, this film is... Uh, in fact, actually, before I go into the details, I'm just going to play the first, I don't know, maybe minute of the film. Um, I think in the future when we do these, and I have the artist's permission, I'm just going to play out the whole short. I'm just not going to pick shorts that are more than, more than, you know, 15 minutes really at the maximum, maximum. Uh, wish I could do that here, but I can't. But I'll, I'll play the first minute or something like that. I, w- I would just make a, a note that, you know, the, the vocabulary is a bit strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is tr- this is true. There There is cussing involved, so lots of it, especially in the first minute. So uh, <laughs> if you uh, if you are sensitive to that or if there are children around, you, you probably, probably want to put us on mute for a moment, but don't click away. <laughs> Hey, bro, whoa, 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 whoa. I said you can come get this day in the life, but there's rules and guidelines, bro. Don't be sneaking around in the house. Announce yourself when you come in the room. Do something, bro. Don't do not do all that. Don't get no personal shit of what I got going on on my calendar. Cut the cameras when I say cut the cameras. That's cool? Cool. You good. Oh. Hey, I got to highlight you, gang. What up, buddy? What's good? Hey, bro. Oh. You good? You know I got allergies, nigga, so don't eat shit. I know that, but that, I don't know if that was that. What's up with this nigga? This nigga, hey, 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 hey. You gotta say that shit chill, somewhere else, right? Chill, chill, chill. Not no good morning, not hello. Nigga, did you what talk about the girl from last night? Did you talk about the your ass really tripping, bro. About what? You the one that came down here talking about no good we morning. Your breath still stinks, bro. Chill, we already bro. Done got, come on, don't talk about my breath, bro. We can't have a third time, bro. Are we not? It's the thirty-first. It's not even the first, bro. Your ass tweaking. Who? Tweaking. You. I'm trying to. You still got that plug? No, nigga, I'm not about to give you no plug for no weed. The red dude. We ain't talking about that type of plug. I hit up Carmen. Did you want anything else though? It's time to hit up Carmen. Get out of my house with all this shit. This nigga make me sick. Rent doing this what he doing. Nigga cake in the middle of the day. Nigga that that. That's some school shit though. Cause you know you can't be coming up in my crib and be here all the time and I'll be paying no motherfucking rent. I already got one grown ass nigga that's doing that. Can't have two of them. Feel me? All right, I'm gonna stop it pretty much there. Um, I think I think you get a good feel of uh, the, the the interesting style that that uh, that I pointed out. Now, I will say when I first popped this on, I almost clicked away practically immediately, and because you know there are so many films on our slash short films, and I can't just you know watch them all, right? So I've got to assess very quickly whether or not it's worth my time to watch or not. I think it's like about the first cut or like the second cut. That I was like, huh, that was, that was fairly deliberate. That felt fairly intentional. That didn't feel like, a, you know, it, this looked like a, almost like a vlog that I was about to watch. And then I was like, but that was a little bit of a, 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 an intentional thing that just happened. So let me keep watching. And I don't regret keep watch, uh, that I kept watching because 
what ended up uh, uh, happening was a very, I think, uh, interesting short. Let me uh, switch back here. So basically the, the film takes place in the world, basically, right? Like the, 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 the camera is like literally in the world, right? You know, the characters were talking to the, to talking to the camera, um, talk, uh, presumably there's a, cam- a character behind that car- camera, right? Um, and it's, sets this up like sort of like day in the life vlog style, right? That we're going to experience this, this day as a vlog. And if I have a good idea about how this idea might've come about, I assume the director or whoever wrote this does this actually, like actually, you know, ask their friends sometimes if I can just go ahead and film your day, you know? Well, if you look on on their channel, they mentioned that like basically their, their description is like music videos and vlogs. So ah. I assume that's what they, they do a lot of that. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. See, I, I didn't even get a chance to look at their channel. So that was just a guess. I was like, this is something that someone's experienced doing, asking their roommate or something hey, can I vlog your day? Like, you know, and like, you know, this interaction is probably something that's familiar to this person. And, you know, and so the concept, I'm sure, was born out of what if a, what if there what if we made a little short based around a vlog styled day in the life sort of uh, um, style. Right. And that's what we get to summarize a little bit of uh, the plot, because it does have a it has a very, you know, uh, um, I, I want to say typical because that sounds like a negative thing, but you know the underlying plot is like not that complicated. It's it's fairly simple. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't understand what the underlying plot was. Okay, so, <laughs> that's just my disclaimer. But I'm I'm not like the target audience for this. So <laughs> yeah, um, but basically, uh, you have these uh, you know roommates. Who have a friend who uh, we were just about to in- get introduced to in a moment, but I-, I cut it off before then. From the opening, we get the fact that these boys uh, like doing lots of weed, <laughs> right? They aren't necessarily the most affluent people, right? You know, scrapping for rent money every month and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and they go off to start their day, their typical day, which seems like a lot of uh, just bantering and hanging out and stuff like that. And uh, very soon uh, we get sucked into sort of the the drug dealer aspect of things. So main characters go over to a new dealer for uh, for their weed, and this new dealer uh, uh, is a friend of uh, Carmen, who's the character that we did not see. And uh, they take something from this new dealer. Uh, happens to be an electronic device. Uh, they take this electronic device to their. Uh, they take. They take this. Uh, like this. It's, this is stolen uh, without the dealer knowing, right? So they stole something from the dealer, or one of them steals something from the dealer. They do make a decision to go ahead and try to see what's inside. It's encrypted, so they take it to a friend. I think. I think. I think the what the electronic device is is pretty. I mean, it's a bit more evident now. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Like so many things. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, um, it's taken to their friend who who cracks it, which reveals locations of money drops. Uh, if you're familiar with how drug operations work, um, a lot of times money is left 
uh, you would be very familiar with this if you're, you've watched Breaking Bad, um, but or, or Narcos or something like that. But basically, how money is exchanged is often via what's called drops, which means you place large sums of cash in places hopefully people will never find it, in places that are not surveilled, and then someone just comes pick it up at a scheduled time, pick up this large sum of cash, usually from some hole in the ground, some cave, some whatever, some pre-made great thing or whatever in the middle of the desert, stuff like that. So those locations are on the drive and they go to decide to go to that location and then I won't spoil the ending. So that's a, a overall view of the story, although I think it's much more interesting than just how I described it. <clears throat> so first, as always, the writing, because writing is king, right? Writing uh, without writing, you don't got a story. So let's start with how well this was written. First, the dialogue is excellent, snappy, natural, very natural, very snappy and realistic, which I'll get to a little bit later. But if this all the lines were written here, then, you know, you write people very, very well. <laughs> you know, they respond to situations naturally. They don't expose all the time. The dialogue is not just meant just to to expose something to you, right? We learn about their weed habit, like, you know, fairly, you know, fairly naturally. We learn that we're going to a drug dealer's place fairly naturally, right? No one says, let's go to drug dealer and, you know, get the weed, you know? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. I kind of um, wish they had, though, because, like, for someone like me, I think I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, you need to know. You need to know about the drugs, <laughs> and everything is just unfolds as if it is really a day in the life, right? The way people talk, off topic sometimes, but it doesn't trail off so much that we get off the story, right? We get introduced to characters in ways that reveal who they are through their dialogue, without it being like, "Here's who I am. I am a uh, spunky, you know, whoever the heck, you know." It doesn't happen that way. But the way you designed your interactions work out such, in such a way that when we are introduced to character, it feels like an introduction without feeling like an introduction, right? Which is a very, very, uh, very good skill that is very, very, very difficult to do. Um, and I think you're probably natural at it. Uh, the other thing is that the dialogue is very witty and funny. Like, <laughs> I, I was uh, cracking up a lot uh, while watching it, just like, just, just hilarious, uh, hilarious, uh, lines here and there, um, coupled with some hilarious uh, camera work that I'll talk about later. And yeah, so that was really great. So breaking down the act structure, this is a three-act uh, script, pretty much. At least that's how I was able to break it down. So act one was uh, exploring their world, getting, getting to know their world, which gets broken. So actually, first, I define act in a very specific way. So if you have to, you have to, if you don't know how I define an act, and you really want to understand writing a lot better, go check out our episode on screenwriting. It's called Screenwriting 101. Um, I think that's what it's called, or maybe it's called So You Think What an Act Is, or You Know What an Act Is, or something like that. Um, but go check it out. It's I think one of, for me at least, understanding the concept of an act was a huge uh, mental shift in how I started 
both watching and, and writing films. So go, go check that out. But basically, like very short description, an act is when in a character or the world changes in an irrevocable way. That's when you have an act, act break. Nothing can be the same because of something that happens. It, typically, it's a character's decision, and usually that's when it's more effective. Uh, but sometimes it's like a, I guess, from the gods moment or like, you know, the environment is shifted in some sort of way that can be, that can happen too. Um, and that can be done well too uh, with care. So anyway, act one is understanding their world, spending a little time with them as if we're literally there with them, as if we're literally the, cam the, the friend with the camera. And that act breaks when the, the USB, which is the device, um, is stolen from the drug dealer. So that's an irrevocable decision, right? Once the USB is taken, they can't untake it, right? <laughs> you know, they can't just go back and be like, "Sorry, we stole your USB. Uh, don't kill Where's us now." <laughs> what? Where is the item of interest? <laughs> the USB. Yeah, the USB. Yeah. Wait, what are you asking though? Oh, because you were refraining from saying USB for like... Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know why I was refraining from saying I, sh I should have just said USB. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the USB, uh, you know, they, they, once it's stolen, they can't unsteal it. And it's one specific character who steals it, the one uh, wearing the yellow checkered shirt, I believe, in the uh, film. Act two is what to do about that, right? So what do we do about this USB that was stolen and cannot be unstolen? And there are a bunch of decisions, little mini decisions made in this act about what to do about that. So one of the decisions is let's not try to sneak it back or something like that. Let's see what's inside, just out of curiosity. Then let's go drive to our friend's place an hour and a half away uh, who can crack the USB um, and he'll crack it and tell us what's inside. And then another little mini decision is, okay, now that we know what's inside, what should we do about that, right? So all those little questions get explored in Act 2. And Act 2 is broken by deciding to go to the drop point and take what's probably a large sum of cash and steal from a drug ring, which do not do, not recommended. <laughs> That is not likely to go well for you. Uh, just, just saying. So if if you're if you have a crackhead idea like that, don't do it. <laughs> so that happens, and then Act Three is what happens when they go try to steal the money, right? So those are the different acts, and so we have a three act structure. Now I've kind of ragged on three act structure in the past, but I haven't really ragged on three act structure. What I've really ragged is the traditional beginning, middle, end structure, right? where people f split it into three acts like that and defining acts in such a way that you don't really know what it, like you don't really know how to pace something, what actually matters at act breaks and stuff like that. So don't get me wrong, you can have amazing three act films. I think I probably mostly write, uh, I'd have to think about it, but I think a lot of the films I write are three act, three act films. So having three acts is not a bad thing in of itself. And this film proves it, right? Because the acts break for a reason. You know, there's not just a, oh, we have to get to the inciting incident here, or like we have to, I don't know, get the denouement here, and we've got to do these things and fit them all into the script. The script unfolds naturally and gives you a new act whenever needed. And each of those acts has its own climax, which is at, which happens approximate to the act break. That's how, I guess, 
at least in like a Shakespearean sense, that is good writing, right? <laughs> um, of course, with all rules, there are exceptions. So don't come at me with, you know, <laughs> you know, that's too rigid. Okay. Now the acts themselves are paced interestingly, which tells me again, that this was written naturally. So the writer probably just went in there and just wrote the story as it naturally came to them. And they're naturally good at pacing, naturally good at uh, understanding story and what interests people. And so it probably just naturally unfolded well. And here I'll, t I'll give you, I'll tell you why. So act one is three scenes. Act two is two scenes. Act three is one scene practically, right? Or maybe one and a half scene if you want to split hairs. You know, if you were to take the three of the traditional three act structure, it would not be paced that way at all. You usually would have, it would be some ratio would be something like, like one, two, one or something like that, or like one, three, one, God forbid. <laughs> um, and the middle is usually just a sag. But in this film, the middle is where the quote unquote inciting incident happens, right? So if they wrote it in such a way where uh, you know, we were following the traditional structure, we'd be stuck with the inciting incident at the beginning, and then, you know, we'd have to figure out a way to get to the end. But the way they wrote it, the first act is simply spending time with them, these very charismatic actors, this very charismatic and just energetic environment. And then in act two, we get, or at the beginning of act two or end of act one, we get the inciting incident, right? Uh, if you want to even use that term. Again, very snappy, very good. And what carries us through the first act of just kind of spending time with them is really the, the snappy dialogue, which again, that violates a traditional rule of cinema, right? You're not supposed to write dialogue. Dialogue is bad, which is the most stupid thing I think has ever been taught in film school, which is really just trying to cover for people's lack of ability to write dialogue. And trust me, I think I lack the ability to, to, to write dialogue practically. And I, you know, if I would ever collaborate on someone, it'd be about tightening up and really getting that dialogue nailed down, right? That, that would be the thing I, I would focus on. So for me, that's a weakness. But I find it very annoying that people teach people to write as little dialogue as possible as a crutch for not being able to write good dialogue. Don't believe me, uh, go watch some Tarantino. <laughs> Tell me that dialogue can't carry a film in of itself. You know, Tarantino uh, is 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 the antithesis of what you're taught in uh, in film school about uh, writing too much dialogue or whatever that means. So this first act proves that as well. The dialogue carried you into the second act. You didn't need anything else. That effectively provided the tension that you needed to capture the audience was where are we going with this fantastic crew of, of, of interesting people, right? <laughs> what is going to happen that's, that, that, that uh, is going to make this a story, right? And I, I think that was, that, was, uh, that was good. The only, so here, here, here are my critiques on the writing side. A few oddities. I think the speechless camera operator is kind of weird and distracting. You're asking me to enter a story where we're opening up with the characters talking to me, right? Essentially talking to the camera operator, right? As if he's a part of the world and you treat him as part of the world throughout the entire film, which is fine. So my rule of this world is camera operator is a person in this, you know, that these events are also happening too, right? But it's weird that he literally never speaks, no matter what is going on. Uh, it's like- I, uh, <laughs> I think with it was like, he, He's like, he, you, it's like always like some reminder that he's there, 
but he never does anything. <laughs> he never says anything. He never interacts with the world. Like he is literally the invisible cameraman, <laughs> except he's not. So yeah, exactly. And it's it's just it, it just a little bit off putting, and almost made it feel surreal, which. I don't know if that's what you're going for. I, I don't think that was obvious if that's what you were going for, like a little bit of a surreal, like we're taking a magic realistic, we're going to go on some sort of like magic realism journey in a moment. You know, that that's the kind of vibe I got, which I don't think was, was what you're going for. So I think if you were going to go for this very handheld vlog style, uh, but you didn't want to make your cameraman an actor, don't acknowledge him. Make it more like a... Um, office like the office style thing where like the cameraman feels like he or she's part of the environment right but <laughs> but it the the cameraman is not ever talked to right if anything the audience is who's being talked to but not the the actual literal cameraman right so yeah i thought that was a little bit off-putting so yeah that's my comments on the writing pretty much now uh, intimately associated with writing is directing, right? So you take that writing and turn it into something actable, blockable, storyable as a whole, right? So directing was fantastic, I think. Just very clear vision from front to back. Just very, very clear vision. There was potentially a lot of improv. So that's what I was talking about before. I'm not sure. This is what I'd love to talk to people because I would love to know what their process was because it would be impressive in the writing sense if they wrote these lines as they were. And then even more impressive that the director got to take practice lines like those and turn them into these very fluid and um, dynamic and just natural um, delivery of those lines. Or they were improv, in which I'm really impressed with the actors for just taking the scenarios and just absolutely keeping the wider story in mind while let it leaving room for this, these odd comments here, these little banter here, stepping on each other's lines and stuff like that. Um, very naturalistic. And the director for being able to, to move them in the right directions in that space. So in either way, must be great directing of actors, I think. And probably a lot of chemistry going on while, uh, you know, filming this. I'm, I'm, I, I would venture to guess a lot of the characters are not far off from who they are in real life, <laughs> you know, or like maybe just exaggerations or something like that, you know, or maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. The blocking, so blocking, if you don't know, is, is uh, designing where characters are in a scene, in a space, and how they move throughout the space. So blocking is, you know, basically directing actors and blocking are two things that are solely a director's job, right? No one else can uh, can 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 do that, right? Unless you have a very dysfunctional set. <laughs> um, and so those are the things that, yeah, again, only the director can do. I pay attention to those things for directing stuff. Blocking was excellent. You know, the the way the characters are designed to move through the scenes are carefully done, very carefully done. Despite the chaos of what it looks like in terms of the camera work, in terms of the dialogue and stuff, you can tell from the way the camera moves, gives you the hint that all of that, all the motion through the scene is 100% planned, 100% planned. 
the way the characters are introduced into a scene, they, you know, when the Carmen characters comes through the front door and where the two characters are and then where the camera ends up by that time, it's one fluid thing, but the camera ends up in such a way that the whip pan is exactly the kind of whip pan you would want and expect. And then when you whip back, the characters are in a slightly different position that gives you different framing. Excellent blocking, like just excellent blocking throughout and very good work with the, uh, the, the blocking of the camera as well. Um, very good camera blocking to go with your, your great actor blocking. Now on to, I guess, the more technical uh, notes. So cinematography, audio, color, um, production, you know, art, stuff like that. So on the more technical side, I think uh, I think I have a little bit more criticism. So I'll start with audio because that's the first thing that comes to mind. Well, actually, I'll start with music because I actually have a lot of good things to say there and uh, some, some critiques as well. I think you laid in the music in post. That's my guess. I don't actually know because it's so well mixed with the audio and dialogue. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine you doing that. Um, you know, just on set like that. that, that and it's also a dangerous thing to do. But it's also a vlog style, so it would have been fine if the music was cutting. You know, uh, along with the action, so you would have had to had you would have had an excuse to do it that way. But the music was a lot of, uh, I guess, like uh, like like Travis Scott sounding stuff. Uh, I'm not very familiar with Travis Scott, but. Um, but like that sort of like psychedelic hip hop sort of uh, style, and that's very popular these days. So it works in that sense, in that it's just, you know, realistic. <laughs> um, but also, it lended this like very uniform vibe through the scenes that we're in a very particular world, right? Like we're not hearing just random music. All the music goes together, although it's all diegetic it all feels like it's part of one piece. So it made it feel very satisfyingly purposeful, right? That the music was collected in the way it was and laid in coming from the car, car radio, coming from the, the bedroom of the one guy, coming from, uh, you know, the, the bedroom of the other guy, you know, and uh, just sounded very cohesive and gave, a, gave the right mood. You picked the right piece for every single one of those scenes, I think. Um, and... I commend you for that. The, the critique comes with the audio, though, is your cuts are super harsh. Like, and I get that because I think you're going for that vlog style, like we were talking about. But it didn't feel purposeful enough, right? Like, it almost felt like, like, well, and maybe there's a there's a uh, bias because I edit a lot, so I know exactly what a harsh cut sounds like with the audio, where you didn't do any crossfading at all, and. It literally sounded like what it would literally sound like if I just sliced, spliced it together in Premiere and just exported it like that with no crossfading of the audio at all, which is how a lot of vlogs are shot. But that has a bad association with me of like, I don't know, unprofessional. Um, I think the better way to go about that, I guess that's the more productive thing to say, would be to either just crossfade it and just, you know, people won't think about, I mean, people make good vlogs and also people won't think about the fact that, uh, you know, uh, it's not there because it sounds better when it's not there um, or exaggerate it. So just go one way or the other. The way it is right now, it just feels odd. <laughs> I would I would add um, 
I, I, I would personally, I would, I would err on the side of exaggeration because there's too little exaggeration in places. Like what, what felt awkward to me about it audio wise is that if there are places where like, if there were really a camera there, you know, you're going to get a lot of clipping and it sounds like they're coming right up to that level, but limiting it. And it sounds very clearly like we're doing post-production here. And I, I don't feel like that's the the vibe as you that I think would have worked the best. I want I want some like not high quality audio. You know when when like they're all all three of them are shouting on top of each other. Like it shouldn't shouldn't sound like there's a limiter right there. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. Um, yeah, your your audio in general is also just your dialogue in general is too hot in my opinion, um, which is probably a. Yeah, that's, now now you say that it's probably a symptom of the wall, you know, that you've you've set up and you've pushed everything up to the top. I mean, okay, you do that, yeah, you you do that for a YouTube video, right? But you don't, and and even that, and even you know, from that perspective, this is still very aggressive. But I would not do this for this film. Just let your dynamic range breathe a little bit. That sounds much more natural. And even if you wanted to go for the more professional sounding thing, which doesn't really make sense you know in the picture uh but you want to do it anyway because you wanted things to sound nice and clean you know at least give me something that i can trick myself into believing is fine you know um, which just give it a little bit more dynamic range and then i won't question the fact that the audio is coming from the wrong place you know um and i can just get absorbed a little bit better um, into the into the world that you're presenting, a lot of it sounded very ADR. Maybe all of it was ADR. I'm not sure. Which again, if that's ADR, your actors are phenomenal, bro. Like, don't 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 like. Please keep working with them. They're phenomenal. <laughs> I would guess it is ADR because I think if you, even with you're gonna apply a limiter, it's really hard to get like to mix it to be that level if it's on set. Maybe too many other things that you have to cut out to like. That's a good point. Yeah, that is definitely a good point. Yeah. So if it was all ADR, props to your actors. Um, but, you know, maybe maybe you had some issues with, like, uh, proximity effect, like people were too close to the mic. And then when you tried to bring it down, it sounded odd. That, that could be possible. I don't know what was going on, but uh, come on the show. Come on. <laughs> what are you referring to as ADR? Uh, my, my uh, what I was thinking might be different <laughs> based on how. Oh, sorry. Um, well, Ben can explain because... Uh, and has, has done audio stuff. Yeah, so ADR uh, is basically instead of taking audio that you capture literally on set, um, you you know have the film and you you want to have like a guide. You know you record with, with the the sounds, the you know the dialogue, whatever on set. Um, but then in post production, you come back and the actors will you know re re record the lines on top of the actual picture that was filmed live on set, and then you kind of put them together. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, come on the show so I can understand your process so I could give you better advice. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of stuff annoyed me a little bit. There's some Foley audio that was clearly done in places that was very good, well, I would say very efficient Foley, like in terms of like you pick the right sounds to spend effort putting in there, because um, I think you clearly just decided not to Foley some other sounds. And that didn't bother me at all, right? That's just me thinking with my film brain but i don't think an audience would be bothered that by that but i didn't like the mixing of the foley in there sometimes it was just a little bit too hot and i don't know if you compressed your foley as well but just don't like foley foley especially should not be very compressed in my experience 
So uh, just lighten up on on your your post audio flow, make it less uh, YouTube and more out of camera e, right? <laughs> In general. So that's the audio. So yeah, then there's the uh, cinematography. I already hinted at this, but it's freaking phenomenal. Like, and the thing is. I think a lot of people can learn from your film in the sense that they'll say, I don't have a good camera. I don't have X, Y, Z. I'm just starting out. Okay, well, I'm not going to be the kind of person who says that the camera you use doesn't matter, right? The camera you use does matter. I'm tired of people lying to people about equipment. Equipment matters. Like, <laughs> it's not something you can just... Like, physics is physics, right? So if you're in the business of being a filmmaker and painting with light, you know, like light matters so how light gets to your sensor and how the sensor processes light is extremely important to you as a filmmaker however working within your constraints is also how you become a good filmmaker as well wow this siren is just going sicko mode <laughs> Let's see if it'll go away okay that's better i live next to a hospital <laughs> you know, this is a great example. I think you're using some sort of mirrorless camera. It's actually probably a, a decent camera. So I'm, I'm not even saying you're using a bad camera. I'm just saying other people out there can, um, can learn from the fact that they could have made this film potentially with their phone. Although I think it would have been a lot more difficult to do so with a phone. I'm also not the kind of person who would recommend that at all. Um, but, you know, if you really had to, you could do it, right? And it would work very well. And so instead of thinking about your equipment as like, oh, I don't have X, so I just can't do something. Look at what you do have and say, can I create some magic You know, from what, what I do have? Can I make a story around what I do have, right? And this is the classic example. So what makes this film amazing is not, oh, great picture quality, great blah, blah, blah. It's how the tool is used is extremely well thought out, well crafted. The camera is working with the blocking extremely well. Where the camera is is highly thought out, you know, and it provides tension in of itself. I love when the camera adds meaning to things. If when the camera is not actively contributing to the story, I get mad, like it, like infuriate, infuriates me. It's a visual medium, you know. Even if the camera's static, that should be a feel like a very conscious decision that it's static, right? Even if it's just over the shoulder, boring, you know, rule of thirds sort of, uh, you know, uh, cut uh, A B A B cutting in a conversation, that can be done well and purposefully, right? <laughs> so just I just like feeling that the camera work is purposeful, and in this film. It came off extremely purposeful. Your composition, even though it's vlog style, the composition always felt very clean and nice, right? Wherever the, the camera's moving a lot, but wherever the camera lands to create a composition is always well thought out. It exposes the action when it needs to. It balances the frame very well. It gives you the right uh, sense of real life and also still feeling cinematic at the same time because there's a lot of that intention built in, you know, behind it. And I'm sure you did a lot of these t shots, you know, 100 takes, I'm sure, you know, to, to land everything right, to land focus. There's a lot of missed focus in there, but it works, right? Because it's a vlog, <laughs> um, you know, just going going a little bit past then coming back to correct and stuff like that. It's great because you could just let that live in there and it feels organic. And when you went back and edited your shots, your shot selection is freaking amazing, man. Like your editing eye, I think, is, is pretty great as well. Um, and how you paced your edit was very good. You 
cut things in a way that was very reminiscent of the internet where you just cut out the dead parts and you really squish together like all the all the action in like a very tight you know cut very reminiscent of vlogs i would see on you know on the internet one critique though i have of the visuals is the glitching i really did not enjoy that aspect of the film because i did not could not make that make sense with the the wider rules of the universe again so here i'll give you uh let's see if i can i can do this well I think at the opening it glitches, so I can I can I can uh, get people to understand what I'm I'm going after here. Um, wow, this is so small on my screen; it's very hard to control. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, so at the beginning, you get this. Uh, is it playing? So you get what I'm saying, and you get that periodically throughout the film, as if the camera is not stable or something like that, right? Or like there's something wrong with the camera. Why? Like I just didn't understand why. Like, but why? Or is it to remind us that we're watching, you know, uh, organic footage? Because if that's the reason why, I would just say in the modern world, right? We just we're so used to consuming vlogs that I don't think we'll ever forget that it's a vlog throughout. If you didn't have that periodic glitching or and stuff like that, you know, weird like electronic noises that never happen. And the thing is, people are so like, you know, used to consuming content and filming content themselves that they know these things don't really make much sense. They feel very 90s, like, you know, or 2000 sort of like, you know, hacking sort of like, you know, <laughs> you know, tropes and stuff like that, where I just think didn't think that added anything. And it really sometimes took me out of it because I was like, low battery, it would not be making random squeaks and phasing out because the battery is low. <laughs> and it just distracted me. And it's not just me being a filmmaker. Right. I think that's just common experience of using cameras. People know that doesn't happen. Right. So. I just don't, I wouldn't I wouldn't have put that in at all. I would have just kept it clean. The introduction established the fact that the cameraman is part of the story, so I would have just left it left it at that, you know. And and I think people would have consumed it just fine without all that stuff. The next thing is color. Oh, I shouldn't have gone away. Yeah, let's go back. So color uh, was very blue cast. If you guys could see it on your guys's end, very much so cool tones not very not pushed very hard you know very let's see if i can jump to some random spot that'll show off the the cool tones okay here you can see it right there look how cool this uh um shot is just so blue you're really pushing all the other colors away and uh really bringing in that cool tone now it was very simply done i can tell like clearly you took your your temperature slider and you just pushed it to, to blue, you know, and so away from orange into blue. And for a vlog style thing, that absolutely works. It just looks like someone who didn't white balance their camera properly before they uh, <laughs> before they started started shooting while also adding an aesthetic to it. Right. So it like works in the world and also, you know, uh, um, allows you to have some reason to color it right at all. Right. Instead of just straight out of the camera sort of look. I think though there were some shots here and there where to my taste I probably would have just like given yourself a little bit more or brought back a little bit more of the dynamic range here or there um although I think that's just a me thing um I think it looks definitely more natural this way but I would have taken down the highlights here or there where it's a little blown out 
because I just don't like blown out highlights. <laughs> um, but that's that's a me thing. I can I can acknowledge that. So yeah, there's not much to say again because it's going for a vlog style. So there's not you know crazy color editing or anything like that. And uh, what else do I have to talk about? Is that is that pretty? Did I cover pretty much all the creative aspects of this? Yeah, I think I think I think I covered it. Oh, the ending was 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 great. Uh, check out the film again. Link is in the description and in the chat if you want to check it out. Ending was great. You know, not unexpected ending. Oh, actually, I have one other critique that I forgot. The police officer in this film. Just okay. <laughs> I forgot about this entirely. The police officer in this film just did not act like a police officer at all at any I'd like to point out that in the credits you're first him as a detective specifically so that can somewhat excuse the outfit maybe <laughs> i was to- that was like the most confusing part of the entire thing for me right yeah so i'm gonna say that you should have rethought that detective character not in terms of who he is which relates to something else but in terms of just like how you designed his outfit and his behavior the behavior of um you know i don't want to write you guys up so leave by the time i come back that's totally fine you know that that's totally plausible him you know talking the way he does totally fine totally plausible i would say maybe just a little bit more rigid right you know cops cops speak in very particular ways and so i think you could have channeled that a little bit more um but you know that I, I think it was acceptable. What really bothered me was the outfit. <laughs> did not look like he was carrying at all. Did not look he had any of his other stuff that he would need to 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 do his work. And you could say he's undercover and he's a detective or something like that. And that would be plausible. He's undercover, his badge is just showing, right? Like, yeah, right. Like I, <laughs> it, it's a little bit of a weak, you know, excuse for why <laughs> why he's that way. And. Um, yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that. And then I think just think about it through throughout the entirety of that character's progression, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't fully uh, hit as a as a person that would would exist. Not saying the ending should change, just you know, it's just this particular behavior. So just 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 take a look at the particular behaviors again. I think that was the biggest thorn in my side in terms of characters was that character didn't feel as well thought out as the other characters for sure and so yeah that's pretty much it honestly like this this really surprised me definitely clicked on it definitely thought someone posted a vlog on uh <laughs> some weird vlog on uh, on r slash short films which has which uh, does happen by the way people post vlogs on r slash short films um <laughs> uh, but this was not that, and I was surprisingly refreshing. I totally understand why something like this would get 2,000 views. I hope you're really good at promoting it because I think it's the kind of thing that can really get a lot of uh, traction on the internet. Very uh, uh, different, right? Very unique. And I think if this is a series, I'm not sure how it continues as a series. It seems a little bit, I'm not sure where we're gonna go from here. Um, but wherever we go from here, I think just just uh, I think the biggest things are make sure that your universe is fleshed out properly. Oh, one thought I had while I was watching it too is, wouldn't it be a lot better if the footage from this camera was to put together as if it was submitted for evidence in a court case, right? So you didn't have to, you wouldn't have to change any of the cuts, take out all the glitching, and just add an evidence tag to the bottom left. And I think the story of the footage would make a lot more sense than what ends up it ends up being right um 
and then maybe give that character a voice because I thought that was a little odd. <laughs> you know, this uh, cameraman's not speaking. So those are my pretty major critiques. I want you on the show. So like, respond to my emails, please. You know, my comments on YouTube, my comment on Reddit. I want you on the show because I think you're cool. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. And uh, yeah, thanks for making what you made.